This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If they expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing... I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I'm Billy Muddy. Today, joined by Dylan Bundia and Kieran Robertson. Dylan, it's your return. How are you doing? I feel like every part is my, is my return. Um, yeah, it's good to be back. I mean, I was only here about two or three weeks ago, so it's not been that long. Um, but yeah, no, good to, good, to be on. good to be on. It's probably because we do these twice a week now, so it actually yeah, feels true. probably double the time, even though it was yeah, three or four weeks ago, whatever it was. Kieran, how are you? Yeah, not bad. I mean, to echo sort of what Dylan was saying, honestly, like when I miss one pod, it feels like free. And then by the, I'm like, I listen back and I go, oh, wait, oh my God, I don't hear my own voice. Like it's really weird at first. Um, but yeah, living the dream. Happy to be here. Happy to talk about our uh, three points that are pending. So go on then, let's get into it. Dylan, it was Liverpool Sunday. It's Manchester United on Saturday. It's all right being in this Premier League. Yeah, I mean, you could, I guess, well, Andros Townsend's uh, reaction was pretty much summed it up, didn't it? I mean, he's like, bloody hell. But yeah, no, it's good. It's good. I mean, I remember uh, I unfortunately couldn't make the game on Sunday. I had a, a game I was at, um, one of the teams I was coaching. And uh, and yeah, on the way back, just check it. Oh, no, on the way there, sorry. Or at some point, checking the lineup and seeing Van Dijk, Kanate. Trent Alexander-Arnold, McAllister, Sozzy Bosley, or have you say his name, Nunez, and thinking, what? Like, and then seeing Lockyer, and it's like, no disrespect to Lockyer, but it's like, how has this happened? Like, so yeah, no, it's good. Enjoy it. You know, we've got to be here for the ride, and, and we're more than competing. So yeah, it's good fun. 
stay here for a while. It's Manchester United come Saturday, a team that have had their struggles in recent weeks, probably stretching that to, to months. But they sit eighth. They've got 18 points from their first 11, minus four goal difference. And just looking at the goals they've scored so far, only Palace and the bottom six have scored fewer. So that's certainly um, a stat that they're going to be disappointed with. How would you assess Man United's start so far, Kieran, and, and just looking at what we expect of a team like Manchester United, the, the rich history, the world-class talent that they've got, hasn't really panned out as you would have expected so far? I mean, if we look at just simply my pre-season prediction of them as champions, then um, yes, I'm probably the wrong person to ask, in fairness. <laughs> but honestly, I think... Any Man United fan probably expected teething problems with Ten Hag the last 12 months, but I don't think they expected it to stem into this season as well. Um, so there's a lot of discontent, not just with fans, but it's spread into players as well. They've got key injuries. You look at the likes of Luke Shaw's out, Lissandra Martinez both out in defence. So you look at their defence and you're staring at a Lindelof left back with a back two or a middle two, sorry, of Harry Maguire and Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans being a product of a Fergie Man United era and Harry Maguire being someone who, quite frankly, let's say is ostracised by 90% of Man United fans, it makes out to be. And it's just, it's a tough culture. If you look from the culture from top to bottom, it is toxic, it is sickening. And you look from the outside or look from down like up above and think, thank God that isn't my club. Because that's been the case since since Fergie left. Like it's just been a gradual, gradual decrease every single year, and it's getting worse and worse. But it shows no sign of essentially coming back up, and that's the trouble now. Is when a team like United, who are so used to success, now haven't had any apart from a League Cup here and there in the last ten years. Good God, you're sat there now thinking, "Well, I bloody hope we beat Luton on Saturday," rather than actually, I hope that we challenge for the title. They're in a they're in a weird state of transition at the moment, but I think manager wise they've got the right man. It's the playing staff I don't think is quite right yet, and something just isn't there. Not to necessarily put it on an individual or two because you could probably, but there's a lot there that, quite frankly, I think we can and should take advantage of come Saturday. And Dylan Eric Ten Hag, the man in charge, Kieran alluded to it there. He's a manager that came in with the task of changing the culture at the club. Um, that's something that we haven't really seen a change of. If anything, it, it looks like it may have worsened. There's a real, there's real polar opposites when you look at the two clubs. Um, obviously, finances, which you can say about any of the top six, but also that that back to the culture. The culture at Luton is, is something that's unrivaled. But at Manchester United, at this current moment, it's, you know, in the gutters. So how far can that take you in a game like this? Well, I think it's something you can play on. I think from our point of view, it's, you know, the psychologically, culturally, we can use the fact, and Rob will be saying it to the players, that they're in a bit of a... It's difficult to assess from the outside because there's so much noise. But, you know, put it like this, we go 1-0 up at Old Trafford against Man United there's going to be a lot of discontent and a lot of pressure, all the pressure's on them. And then in the context of their fans being disappointed about where they are and, and culturally, you know, there's schisms and problems at the club. 
So I think, yeah, like it, it provides a, a backdrop and a context where all the pressure is on them. You know, we're not expected to go to Man United away and, and get three points. Um, all of the pressure is on them. And there are areas we can we can go after them. Look, I don't think we can kill ourselves. Like they're not performing to expectations, but they're very they've got a very very good team of players and even players that we look at and think, oh, they're all right for the Premier. They're very good players. So it's going to be very very difficult. But I think yeah, we can definitely. It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of when clubs used to come to us when the Kenny was a bit toxic in, in the conference, and opposition managers surely would say to the players like, frustrate the crowd for the first twenty minutes, the fans will get on their back, and then we can start to play. And and I assume we'll be having the same conversation amongst ourselves, which is let's let's frustrate them, and and know that psychologically we we're there in a bit of a delicate place, and and we're in a really good place. So, so yeah, I think it's kind of interesting parallels to where we were what twelve twelve years ago, something like that. Kieran, when we look at this fixture, it's hard to um, discount what happened on Sunday. It's hard to look past what was a fantastic, fantastic performance. But exactly how much confidence can we take from that game and apply it to a, a team that you know you consider as a traditional top six side? Um, obviously, confidence levels probably at the highest since we, we became a Premier League club. So, do you think we can apply that to, to this game and, and see you know us really take on this challenge? Perhaps be a bit more. I wouldn't say expansive, but, you know, a, a thing that we've we've heard this season and, you know, I don't know if you've agreed with it, is that we gave a few teams a bit too much respect. That's a comment that, that's been handed back. That's, that's what we've heard from Oak Road. That's what we've heard on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. But do you think the fact that we performed to such a level where we were so front-footed against Liverpool, do you think we can bring that into this game against Manchester United or because... It's an away game. The approach might change. I don't think the approach should change. I think you go into a game against any of the big six, in our opinion, we have nothing to lose at any point. Like we would have had that mentality, I think, on Sunday is, yeah, we had the benefit of home advantage, but we were still 12 to 1 to win the game. We were still by far not expected to get anything from it. So then you're coming to these games where you don't want to use the term free hits because I feel like we throw that around quite loosely at the moment. But you look at it from a different angle and think, actually, take the confidence that we've got from that Liverpool game where, like I said on the last pod, Liverpool struggled to beat us on the weekend. It wasn't the other way around. We didn't have to, like, we put in 110%, but by putting in 110% against a team like Liverpool, they didn't know what to do for a lot of the game. They were frustrated, missing easy chances, they didn't know how to break us down for the most part. And if we adopt that same mentality against a team like United, who in the nicest way possible, do not have the same attacking prowess that a Liverpool have. Yes, they've got Rashford. Yes, they've got Hoyden. Yes, they've got Anthony. And as much as I rate Anthony as a player, he's just going to be twirling the whole time. Hoyland gets next to no service. And Rashford is just in a bit of a purple patch, if I'm being polite about it. So if they're not going to offer the same attacking threat as Liverpool, then you look at their back line and you think if we were perfectly happy and perfectly willing to stick pressure on Trent, Van Dijk, Konate, who are three world-class defenders, I think we can manage that against Dallow, Maguire and Johnny Evans, personally. And Dylan, is this the perfect time to play Manchester United at Old Trafford? We've mentioned how toxic things have become. Um, 
perhaps a week too soon because obviously they, they had that victory against Fulham and also are currently winning um, against Copenhagen in, in the Champions League. Do you think this comes at a very good time for us? Um, sort of looking at both teams, looking at where we're, we're currently at confidence-wise and where they're probably at confidence-wise, do you think this is a very good time to get this trip to Old Trafford? Not out of the way, because I think us Luton fans are really, really excited for it. But when you look at where you expect points to be won in a relegation battle, it's not typically going to be Old Trafford. Well, yeah, I think off the back of, of Liverpool, I mean, clearly there is a belief in what we're doing. So, yeah, absolutely. I think we can go into the game. I think it is very difficult if if the game goes against Liverpool, as you know, most onlookers would expect in terms of Liverpool probably having a lot, like probably not blowing us away, but, you know, eventually their quality really showing and against ours. So, you know, I think, yeah, there's a real confidence. There'll, there'll be a natural kind of continuation from the Liverpool game. I wouldn't be surprised if the team is the same or or maybe one change or who knows. I think it'll be very similar. I think the game plan will be very similar. And I think, yeah, like in terms of what Kieran was saying around being, being front-footed, I think it was really clear that we were a lot better uh, the weekend. Not necessarily, we didn't necessarily... We pressed higher in moments, but I think what was really good was what we did when we won the ball back. And Rob mentioned it in his post-match. Like we, we didn't just we had to we had to look after it because if you keep winning the ball back and giving it away against good teams, they'll open you up, and that's where you're most open at the moment you win the ball back. So we were so much better at that moment, and that that is probably the most important moment of the game for us right now. And I think in terms of the confidence to execute that, we did it well against Liverpool, and I think Barkley was outstanding at that. So yeah, we'll take that those kind of principles and the things that we've clearly looked at and improved on and take that to United. And then, yeah, like we've spoken about, United are in a delicate place. I mean, they've obviously won tonight. They're winning right now. And they've uh, they beat Fulham in, in stoppage time, I think it was. Um, but at the minute, yeah, like, I think there's just pressure on them, regardless of, of kind of recent results, when they play a team like Luton, in inverted commas. Um, um, Kieran, coming back to you, we often go through a lineup prediction but i'm going to scrap that tonight because i think we can all be um quite certain that, that we're expecting to see a very similar team um up at old trafford come saturday where do you see the key battles being and this is the part where we usually joke wherever ogbene's playing it's him versus whoever he's up against but i think based on our showing against liverpool we show we can we can attack in different ways we can be very quick in the attacking transition and, and someone like Kabore was very effective in that. Um, but but also with with the creativity that, that Barkley showed, there's a lot lot more attacking threat, I think, that, that we displayed against Liverpool that that makes key battles a really interesting point. So where do you see the key battles on the pitch come Saturday? Again, you alluded to then the obvious one is to say whoever Obene is up against. And because if they start Dallow, it will be fruitful, just like Trent. Trent, in this instance, went into midfield a lot more and played more of an inverted fullback role, as we've seen with City and whoever else. Whereas Dallow is just an attacking wingback by nature. Um, and that's where Benny will get his joy. He won't get his joy necessarily from, oh, Trent's disappeared and I've basically got the left wing to myself. But it will be a case of he can beat him and be, stand further ahead in that respect. I think... This is actually a game, regardless of which one starts, out of Morris and Eli, I think Stryker gets a lot more joy as well. Again, Maguire and Evans lacking pace. 
Maguire's good in a three, and I really back him in a three, hence why he plays well for England. In a two, it's a shaky one. And there's one where I think Morris will get a lot of joy in the air or Eli will get a lot of joy in the air. I want to see Kabore getting further forward as well. That assist to Chong was class. And hopefully that gives him the confidence that he can get forward and he does have good end product. He just needs to show more of it and get himself into those positions more. Townsend's less likely to find himself in that position. He's more likely, if you look back to the Villa game when he came on, the ball gets played to him. He then doesn't look up and try and dash down the wing. He looks up and waits for the overlapping run. If we can make use of that partnership, get the ball to Townsend and Kabore dashes on, you've got Lindelof at left back. Again, he's not going to be wanting to be in a pace battle with Issa Kabore. And if he can get balls in, balls in, balls in, stick him low, stick him with pace, you never know. So I think the answer is quite fairly obvious, but I think the usual suspects are just going to get a bit more joy than usual. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Evans and Maguire there. Uh, just looking at their team tonight, it was that that pairing that started, but but there's been uh, an early substitution. Evans has come off for, for Varane, which, uh, again, if Varane is back fit, he's going to be in the earlier stages of his, of his recovery, not quite match fit if he's not starting games. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see if he is back available. They've got Dallow at left-back. And they've got Wambasaka at right back. So, yeah, there's a lot of question marks about how they line up defensively. And that's something that you really have the, the opportunity to take advantage of. And, and hopefully that's what we do. It's going to be weird to come in to a score prediction this early in the video. But this is what we're going to do. Uh, Dylan, what is your score prediction for Saturday's game? 1-1 uh, again, I think. I think it's it's tough to go and expect to win at Old Trafford, regardless of who's on the pitch and the situation. But I think we're more than capable, like we showed against Liverpool, of getting a point against the top team. So, yeah, take a draw. Kieran, I have a feeling your prediction is going to involve three points coming back to Kenilworth Rose. Can I count on you? Yes, you can. I have this overriding feeling, and it overtook me when we went 1-0 up at Liverpool. And I thought oh my God, we're going to beat a big six side. And I have said it and I've maintained it all season long that we are going to beat a big six side. And in fact, there's probably a clip somewhere, so fair play if Mark can find it, where I said that that big six team would be Manchester United. Luton two, United one. I think I've agreed with Kieran um, score predictions for, say, the last two or three times he's done there. And it's going to be another one. Um, I think I'm getting lost in the excitement that this is probably the best time to play Manchester United. And also, I do think we are going to continue to to be a disruptor to the top six. And I think this is this is a really... Uh, not important game because obviously, as mentioned before, when discussing a relegation battle, your points are typically won elsewhere. But I think this is a real interesting test to see where we are. Confidence levels couldn't be higher. Confidence levels in Manchester United camp are obviously, as alluded to, quite low at the moment. So, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1. I think there's a real opportunity here for, for us to take full advantage of a Manchester United that's not a Manchester United that we that we typically know. 
On that note, we're going to go into a quick break. When we're back, we are going to do some blind rankings. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We are back for part two of today's episode and doing something completely different here. We are doing some blind rank lists. We've got a few lists. Uh, Kieran and Dylan don't know what's coming up and they could be exposed as uh, frauds. But I'm sure they won't. I'm sure they'll nail it. So in terms of how this works, if you haven't seen how the blind rank lists work before, we will have um, a topic. I will one by one put forward uh, five different answers and they have to rank them without knowing what's coming next. I think you'll get it as we go on. Um, That might not have been the best explanation in the world, but here we are. We're starting with Luton seasons. Um, so the seasons that we've got here um, range from, I'd say, over the last 15 years. That will be your, your only hint. I won't give you any more hints after that. And we will start with the 2013-14 conference promotion winning season. And I'll come to you first, Kieran. Where would you rank that? I'm trying to kind of assume I'm trying to work out how I should rank this right because in terms of there's already an answer that I probably know and would assume is going to come up that would take number one but because of the sentiment behind the season and I feel like if we didn't go up in this season it's like the butterfly effect that the next 10 years wouldn't have happened. So, number two for me. Dylan, what about you? Are you going to go for number two? Yeah, I thought about three as well, because obviously the League One season um, where we went up. But no, I agree. I think think that was special in a unique way. So, so yeah, two. agree with that. Okay, next on the list, we have the 2008-2009 relegation season. Dylan, I'll switch it up and, and come for you first. Well, obviously that's five, mate. So <laughs> <laughs> nice and simple, Kieran. What about you? Yeah, it's it's a weird, it's a bit of sweet one, isn't it? Because it was crap getting relegated out of the league, but also JPT win, and that was pretty fruity. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's the sensible answer is number five. To be honest, because as positive as it was at the end of it. Everything else was pretty shit. So number five. 
Okay, for the next one, we have got the 2018-2019, uh, sorry, League One promotion. And Kieran, this is back to you for, for first. It's got to be free, I think. Like, as record-breaking as that season was, it still doesn't hit the same as the conference winning season at all. And I don't know why. I think maybe just because that was still at a period where I wasn't going to as many games as what I am now. Um, but I'm going to go number three. Because again, monumentous achievement, record-breaking season, obviously has led just part of the next chapter led us to where we are now. But not as good as the conference, in my opinion, to three. Sensible answer. Fair enough. And Dylan, are you also going for number three? Yeah, yeah, I'll go with three as well, I think. Well, I think the fact that that's number three on the list just sums up that we've probably had a pretty good decade. So, um, yeah, given how well we played that year, we were absolutely ridiculously good. Even after NJ left, um, we were unbelievable. So, yeah, three, which feels a bit weird, but I think it just sums up we've had a pretty good decade. Yeah, I think this whole list sums up that it's been um, absolutely manic supporting Luton Town over the last sort of 10, 15 years. Let's go to our fourth one. And we've got spots one and four open for both of you. This is the 2011-2012 season where we lost to York City in the playoff final. See, is that worse than relegation? I was thinking about that when the relegation season came up. Because I know we went down. But was that was that worse than when we went down? Oh. I mean, it has to be I... four, obviously. But I'd be, I would be, if it came up before, I'd be tempted to put that as five and the relegation season as four. Because that I, was awful. That that was a terrible, terrible year. That was, we were, we were, yeah, God. I would have to wholeheartedly agree, obviously, because I have to put in fourth. However, if I knew that was coming, oh, good. Paul Buckles, bomb your army. Oh. <laughs> that wasn't um, that year, was it? No. Was that was that Paul yeah, Buckle? It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? Oh, you second guess. Well, we lost at Wembley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was Buckle, wasn't it? But just, as you can imagine, just... I don't think I've experienced pain like that at a football game before. And then having the benefit of, or not so benefit, I should say, of then seeing it back afterwards and going, hang on, he's a million miles offside. And we just couldn't get back in the game. It was irritating. And then having Jason Walker do his cardboard sign as well. Like at the time, you were thinking, you can wanker. <laughs> but now, I can laugh at you, you twat. Love it. Anyway, <laughs> fourth, I guess. <laughs> Annoyingly. So here we have left that number one spot open. There's an evident season that would make this list pretty much as true as it could He's possibly not put be. It in, is, he? is it going to be that season? The last one we have is the 2022-23 championship winning, I will say winning, championship playoff winning season that earned us promotion to the Premier League. Of course, for both of you, you've left number one open. So that is where it goes. Let's move on to list number two. And I've labelled this biggest villains. And just for a bit of context before we go through them all, this could be a person that plays football, person that played football, um, 
you know, a group of people, um, you know, a person that doesn't necessarily play football. I've left it quite vague. And starting with Garth Crooks. (laughs) 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 As well, just to explain, number one will be the biggest villain. Five would be the least. Um, he's going to go at number five because as much as I've ostracised him on this podcast and as crash as his journalism is, that's that's as bad as it gets. Oh, well done. You didn't include our player in Team of the Week. Boo fucking who? Number five. Dylan, what about yeah, you? Yeah, I feel like we've had way worse than that. So, yeah, five. Talking about way worse than that, we'll go on to the second name, John Gurney. Yeah, I thought it was good. Absolute number one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there is no other answer than number one. That man is the reason we nearly didn't have a football club. So, Gurney, go and fuck yourself and you're straight to the top of my list. Number one. We'll go next for, we we mentioned York City um, a minute ago. Let's go Richard Brody. Um, this might, for some people, this, you know, you might not have much of a hatred for him, but for others, this man knew how to wind up the Luton Town fan base, didn't he? Um, so Richard Brody, one to five has gone. Where would you place him? Dylan Bundia. Four. Again, I feel like there's worse. So yeah, I'll put him at four. I assume Jason Walker's on this list, so... Kieran, what about you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm also gonna sit at number four as well. I think in terms of relevancy to my annoyance, I wouldn't really put him that high up. Like, yeah, he rattled us a few times, but you know what? Where are York now? It's fine. It's what it is. Number four. And sticking on this heavily themed York City um, debate, there's only, and well, there's, there's two more names on the list, but one of them has to be Jason Walker. So, Kieran, where is Jason Walker? Two or three? I'm going to go number two because not just for his rest in peace Luton sign and his antics in a York City shirt, but his antics in a Luton shirt as well, because boy, oh boy, he remembers that Penenka at Wimbledon. Oh dear, oh dear. Just his contribution for us was, I'm going to keep it PG, lacklustre. And then in big moments, he bottled it and then went to York. Didn't really do anything of note. And then put a rest in peace loot and sign up like he was a dog's bollocks. Just a weird guy, isn't he? Like, you do you, man. But for his lack of contribution in the loot and shirt and him just being an all round, just a, a prick, two, we'll stick him up there. Dylan, are you again going to agree with Kieran in the number two or are you going to risk yeah. it? Yeah. Uh two, I think. Yeah, he's uh, he's not in, in not he's not uh, what's the word? He's not uh a neared himself, is that a word? I don't know. 
I know what you're trying to say, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why the word slip. He's not, he doesn't have much love from, from Luton fans. We'll put it like that. So, yeah, two. And then the last name on the list is the FA. <laughs> oh, I've, got care- I've got to be careful here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's just the Luton. Um, it's yeah. just the Luton context, of course. The FA, um, not um, sung about in the most positive of lights, keeping it um, as, say, not PG, but keeping it as neutral as possible. Um, let's go on to list number three, and this is it's one to pick up the mood after going through some of those villains and and reliving some horrible times as a town fan. This is best night, well, best Kenny under the lights night. Um, there are some some really good ones in there, and we're gonna start with the most recent, which was, um, you know, it was it was a good night. It was the one-all draw against Liverpool, which, of course, put in our best probably performance since becoming a Premier League club. So, Dylan, where would you rank that? Oh, I'm just trying to think. I'm trying to think about what the others would be. Um, oh, yeah, you've got to have that one. Uh, I'm going to go... Oh, I don't want to put it as uh, it's two or three. I, th- I think I'll put it as three. I'll put it as three. three. What about you, Kieran? One at the risk of you catching us out and two at the expense of I know there's better. And because three, we didn't actually win the game. I'm going to put in four. Like, yeah, it was a good night. Yeah. Premier League point against Liverpool under the lights, quality. However, I'm going to let that last-minute equaliser dampen my ranking because if we'd have won that game 1-0, yeah, we'd be having a different conversation. But it's a point. I'm not going to get carried away and say it was like an incredible night by any means, but I'm going to put it in number four. Okay, our first um, our first different answer from the pair of you. Let's go to the next one, which was that a game in the snow, Portsmouth... <laughs> 2018-19, Monker free kick, chaos erupting around Kenilworth Road. Kieran, where are you putting that? So, there's a lot of people that are expecting me right now to put this in number one. I'm going to put it in number two. And the only reason it's not at number one is because I was not physically there. However, I'm going to give you a better anecdote with this. At the time, before dropping out, I started a year at Portsmouth University, funnily enough, in that same season. And I was sat in a living room with 12 other people, seven of them Portsmouth fans, me, Luton fan. Obviously, game's gone back and forth. It's 2-2, really good game for the neutral. Those of you, those are armchair fans in the corner who supported Chelsea and whoever were loving their life. And then one of the lads next to me had a bet on the game and I watched him look at his phone and I knew he had Portsmouth to win. And I watched him look at his phone and then his face told a thousand stories. And you can imagine that that face lined up with the Monker and Justin free kick. They've not taken the free kick yet in our stream, but I can imagine in real time, it's already at the bottom corner because I looked at his face 
and he did not look pleased. And I and he was like, oh no. He realized I looked at him and as I turned to my right, bang, whipped in the bottom corner. I lost my nut in that living room. And I was doing, if any of you have watched WWE, I was doing DX chants to all the Pompey fans. I was loving my life in that moment. The only caveat is that I was not physically there at the Kenny to see it. So for me, number two, still enjoyed it just mm. the same though. Dylan, what about you? Because your two spot is already <laughs> occupied for you. Is no, that... no, three, three. I put, I put little three. Oh, did you? You put it through. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah. So you've still got. Uh, see, I think there's there's a better one than that. So I'm going to put it as two. So I, that was an amazing night. I, um, I was lucky enough to be there. That was amazing. But I still think there was a better one. So I'm going to put it on two. Okay. The next one going to go for is taking it back a little bit. And that is 2009-2010. Back in the conference days, Luton were going... Luton were going well in the conference. There were two other teams doing very well. One of them were Oxford. Oxford looked to be gaining a little bit of distance on Luton when they went 1-0 up. And then Keith Keane stepped up to take two corner kicks. First one landed on George Pilkinson's head. I think that was the 95th minute. Um, and then sub subsequently went in the goal. And then the second corner went directly into the top corner. and. Um, he, I think he got he got sent off in the aftermath of it all as well. It was such a chaotic few minutes at Kenworth Road. But where does it rank in your list, Dylan Bundia? See, I'm regretting putting Liverpool game as three now because I think that would be three. Um, I wasn't there for that, but my dad was. And he has, to this day, said that was literally one of the best moments, if not the best moment he's had under lights. And he's been going for for, for years. So it's not one and it can't be two or three so it has to be four unfortunately I think it should be three though I think it should be above the Liverpool one Kieran what about you? I'm going to stack it in three personally shout out to Keith Keane by the way because up until last year or even the year before I was signing him on non-league FM saves all the time and he was <laughs> bossing my midfields and getting me out the National League with ease and then he'd end up pissing off to Finland or Sweden or something to live a retirement life. So, Keith Keane, if for some reason you're watching this pod, respect to you, big man, because you're the dog's bollocks on Football Manager 21 and 22. Cheers. <laughs> on that note, number three. So, am I right in saying you've, you've both got two to four locked in? You, you're both waiting for one and five. Okay, Correct. let's move on to the next one. And that is... The 22-23 season where we beat Coventry 5-0. Oh. Dylan, let's go to you. Oh, that surprised me. Uh, that was brilliant. I mean, we were fantastic that night. And we were on a bit of a tricky run. I didn't think we'd won for like five or six games. But I wouldn't say, I'd put that as five because I think we were fantastic that evening. But I wouldn't say it's like, I think what defines a, a night under lights of the Kenny is the the, like the sheer intensity of of the of the place and we were amazing that night but I wouldn't say that replicates Oxford or yeah or you know, any of those other moments that I think might come up in this so I'd say five we were fantastic but five okay Kieran are you also going to agree with number five I am yeah because 
The key theme with the rest of the games, I suppose, minus the Liverpool one so far, is they've all had a bit of jeopardy. They've all had something hanging on them. Or, you know, you look at the Portsmouth game and it's like, oh, it's first v second. You said the same thing about the Oxford game, but it's games where they're back and forth, back and forth. And you're one minute you're losing, the next you're up or you're equalising. And it's bonkers. Coventry, am I right in saying we were 4-0 up at half-time? Yeah, something like that. That's what I mean. Like, we've yeah. blown them away at half-time. And also, fair play to Coventry, because that's a testament of how far they've come in that season. For us to beat them 5-0 and then end up seeing them in the playoff final. Fair enough. Mm. <laughs> As, but yeah, um, fantastic five, number five. Glenn Ray did an absolute job on Gus Hamer that day, by the way. Oh, yeah, he did. Absolute job on him. I think I messed that up in the description. I said 22. Yeah, 20, 20, 20, 21, 22. 22. Yeah. Um, and I just Adam. remember that was a game where I was working in I was working in the press area and I just heard grumblings around me that we had a back five and then Glenn Ray playing <laughs> and people yeah. saying how negative it was. And then it was probably the most fluent attacking performance I've seen from us, you know, in, in ages. Um, yeah, it, it was fantastic. And as, uh, as, as Dylan said there, Glenn Ray had a fantastic game against, um, it was against Gus Hamer, wasn't it? And O'Hare, um, we know what they, well, we knew what they could do through central areas as a team. Coventry, absolutely fantastic. That leaves one spot open and, this game is from the 22-23 season. It is that Sunderland game that got us to Wembley. Again, I think you've both smashed this list. Um, obviously, both having your number one spot, I think. I think, yeah, I've smashed it, to be fair. I think, oh, yeah, I'd swap the Liverpool be... and the Oxford. If they, if those two swap, then, I'd, then mm-hmm. I'd be happy with it. Yeah, yeah, but very close again. We haven't had any any clangers as of yet. We'll go to the last one. And um, this one, I don't think there's potential for any clangers, but I just think it's a really interesting one. Um, The best free transfers. Uh, Luton have used the free agent market um, very, very well um, in recent seasons. And you probably stretch that to, you know, the time period we've been talking about over, over these different lists we've done, stretching to 10 to 15. So let's go with our first one. Um, he, he was claimed to be the greatest free uh, free transfer, Jordan Clark. I feel like I am going to take an early stance and put him straight at number one, early doors. Um, I think when you were sort of listing out the premise of this list, for me, you look more at sentiment. You look at sort of the value they brought to the team. You look at the return they brought to the team. And I think even if Jordan Clark hadn't been as good as he has been in the championship for us, I'd still stick him at number one for one goal only. That's how that's how much that moment was worth to me. And the fact that he is still just generally a very good footballer just adds to it I think just in this instance like with free transfers like it's always a bargain it's risk-free a lot of the time depending on wages and just the return we've got from him what 
Return of investment, 190 million. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Number one. Love you, Jordan. Dylan, are you in agreement? Would you stick Jordan Clark straight into your number one? Yeah, I've just very quickly tried to write a list out. And I think I've got all of them. And yeah, I probably, yeah, yeah, I put them at one. I think I put them at one. Okay, let's move on to a recent arrival in Ross Barkley and Dylan. I'll start with you. Oh, he's not on my list. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> oh, now I've got to think about Barkley and Townsend. Uh, well, it's, it's context, isn't it? Because I think if we're like, obviously, Ross Barkley is the best free transfer we've made, like from a quality point of view. Like, as much as I love Clark and all that, like, Barkley's better. But so I think it, oh, it's so early days. I think from the Liverpool game, he, he hasn't really like he's come in and done really well, but he's done it in a very limited space of time so far. And we haven't seen that sustained like because he's not had a chance to, you know, he's only been there for a few months. So I'd probably put him at, in terms of impact on the club, if that's that's the way I want to look at it. Is that kind of the way we're looking at it or? I left it open for interpretation okay. because obviously with, with Jordan Clark, we've got a player that that's created this meaningful moment. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll put on that then, and I'd say then Barkley's probably I'll put him at four. Uh, he's the best. He's number one for quality, obviously. Um, but I think in terms of impact on club, he's just not had an opportunity yet to to really impact it because he's only been here a few months and been fit for a few weeks. So, I'll put him at four. Okay, let's move on to player number three. We have, uh, who do we have? We have Reese Burke. And back to you, Kieran. Um, you didn't actually ask me about Ross Park. <laughs> I was thinking honestly. that as well. Oh, yeah. Three. Yeah. But, okay. um, FYI, number three. We're jogging on. Actually, in fact, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to go number four for Ross Barkley because then Reese Burke, I'm going to put a number three, actually. He, Dylan made a good point with Barkley there in terms of like, we've not seen much of him yet. It's a very limited time span that we've got and a limited case study we've got. Reese Burke, on the other hand, two, three seasons worth. And then each season, he has improved substantially every single time. And I think in terms of if you look at his ceiling and what he's got left, yeah. He's the one for me at number three. And Dylan, what about you? I love Reese Burke. I'm torn because I think, obviously, his time has been very injury interrupted. He's been massive for us. Like, it was amazing in the playoff final. Whenever he's played in the Premier League, been really, really good. But he's always had injuries. So, what have I put Barkley in at four? It's five or three for me. Um, I know he will go in at two, three, four. Yeah, I'll put him at three because I just think it's, even though he's been injured for, for chunks, I think his impact to the team has been massive um, and he's always done really well. So, yeah, I'll put him at three. I might regret that, but I'll put him at three for now. Let's move on to a, another current player. Um, we, well, so they're, they're all so far have been been current players, Jordan Clark returning to, to the squad as of last couple of weeks. But we've got Gabe Osho here. 
Where would you put Gabe Osho, Dylan? Uh, I put I put Gabe at five. Again, like he's done amazing, um, and he's so important, and his performance against Liverpool was outstanding. Uh, I think he took a bit of time to like grow into things, and I think he's really come on in the last year. Um, I think that's really when we've seen the best of him, which culminated in the playoffs, which culminated in in last night. So I think over an extended period of time, it's taken a little bit of time for him to to get there, and that was always going to be the case. Um, so I'd put him at five just because of that length of time. I think in a year we'll look back and that will be very different. Um, I think it'll be a lot higher, but I think right now probably five. And Kieran, are you going to go number five or are you going to go for that? Op- I think you've still got number two spot open. I do have number two open. However, I am going to stick with Dylan and I am going to go number five. I think value for money. We took advantage of Reading situation, picked him up for next to nothing. Loving life. Offered us a lot of good memories, a lot of good performances, and similar to Reese Burke, injury issues, but still quite a good ceiling and has the potential probably to stay with Luton for a lot of his career, if I'm honest. Him and Reese Burke are going to be long stays regardless of the division we're in. Um, but he, as much as he's had a redemption arc this season, as Jamie would call it, he hasn't. I'm trying to think of other than the Watford goal which was unbelievable, obviously, for the sentimental value. There's not been any other moments that I look to, at least off the top of my head. That's kind of I think that's a bias. I think that's a defender bias, to be honest. Yeah, I I know. Because it's hard to defend, isn't it? It's hard for defenders, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course it is. Sticking up for Um, the defenders, yeah. I I feel like I kind of feel obliged to put him in number five, only because I know who's going to be number two. Yeah, <laughs> uh, on to it halfway through and went, ah, fuck, he's going to sit in number two and not number one. Brilliant. But I'll let you crack on, Bill. This is my favourite part because um, you've both got a player in mind. Um, whether it's oh, that okay. player in mind, you're, you're really, really now relying on this. So number two um, that you've left open, it's a player that's no, uh, he's not currently um, at the club. He is Jordan Cook. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Bill. Oh, 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 that's so... shocking, mate. We're being all nice and sentimental here, and then you throw Jordan oh. Cook out. <laughs> and there, was, there was me thinking. Dylan started talking about ten minutes ago, and my brain went fuck we put jordan clark at number one and he's not even said pelly yet oh no so was that was that who you were thinking no i'm not was pelly definitely a free transfer actually that's a good point because i don't think he i don't know but off the top of my head i think he was still contracted to west ham now I don't know what the I don't think it's publicly available about whether that was a fee or it might have been a free transfer with a sell on or something um, yeah. but I'm not sure whether he was actually out of contract from West Ham. Um, Jordan Cook. I was thinking Hills. I was thinking Hills. Oh wow! Okay. Oh yeah. I thought too obvious, like Hills. Um, Bolton shell. Yeah. I'm not sure whether Pelly was a free. I'm not. It's a weird. Yeah. I don't think that's ever been said. It just said he signed for Luton. I don't know whether he was out of contract or not. I, I would love that. to know, actually. To yeah. Be quite honestly. Just for reference as well, where would Ogbené 
have sat in your list. Um, or Bennett, probably a four or five. Same, same principle as Barkley, I think, for me. Yeah. Yeah, same with me, I think. He's obviously, again, in a year, it will probably be completely different. But I think, you know, it's, it's impact. if we're measuring it by impact on club, I think it just needs a bit more time. And in a year, it will be number one or two or whatever. Um, yeah. Well, I am glad that I finally managed to catch you up because you were you were going through so smoothly through all of those lists. But that is it for today. A big thank you to the pair of you for joining. A big thank you to everyone continuing to watch and listen at home. We've also got the giveaway that is fast approaching. We will announce the winner um, for the next pod, actually, for the re, uh, the review of the Manchester United game coming up. So keep eyes peeled. If you're not in the draw yet, make sure you are. There's some really good prizes. We, we've got the 23-24 shirt of your choice. We've got the playoff final CFAX mug and we've got free Luton prints, um, A4 size from the talented Matthew J. Wood to get yourself in the hat make sure you're subscribed to Oak Road Hatter on YouTube make sure to retweet or share this wherever you see this post and for an extra entry tag free friends until United review I cannot wait to see how we fare at Old Trafford it is goodbye from us days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.